You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guests, Luis Bazan and Eliathar Guajardo. Far Reynosa International Bridge serves as one of the most important commercial ports of entry for the U.S.-Mexico border. Celebrating its 25th anniversary, Far Bridge currently ranks third in the nation for trade with Mexico and is the seventh largest border crossing in the U.S. in terms of value. With new infrastructure and process improvements planned, where does the Far Bridge grow from here? You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast, and today we're here with Far International Bridge, represented by Commissioner Eliasar Guajardo and Bridge Director Luis Bazan. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining the Inbound Logistics Podcast today. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. Thank you for the invite. Uh, so what we'd like to do, gentlemen, is to have you guys introduce yourselves to our audience. Commissioner, we, could we start with you and tell us a little bit about you and your work in the industry? Thank you. Uh, I'm Eliasar Guajardo, as, uh, as mentioned before. Uh, I'm one of the city commissioners out of seven Policymakers in the city. Uh, I come from a background of a teacher of mathematics and accounting. So, using my accounting experience, I, you know, I'm bringing that forward to my elected position as a commissioner to serve our city. And as such, I serve my city by creating policy that impacts anything that happens in our bridge as far as the operations, uh, the policies that we create or that we make or that we initiate is to improve the efficiency of our bridge. That's what we do, you know, that is our commitment to our citizens to make sure that our bridge is efficient and that it serves a purpose for our city. Excellent, Luis. Yes, so my name is Luis Bassan. I'm the director for the FAR International Bridge. I've been at the bridge since 2013, uh, but I've been in FAR since 2008, uh, serving as the president and CEO for the FAR Chamber of Commerce, uh, where we help promote the FAR Bridge. Previously to that, I was doing work for the county, for Hidalgo County, to be precise, under the MPO, the Metropolitan Planning Organization. So I was a transportation planner and doing some legislative affairs stuff. Uh, and previous to that, I was in McAllen, so that's kind of where I started getting my feet wet in the public sector uh, doing uh, business development and uh, government affairs. Uh, but when I started at the bridge as industrial development manager back in 2013, my job was basically to be the man on the ground, boots on the ground, as they say, visiting with our customers. Prior to that, I don't think the bridge had anybody that was actually in tune with what was going on in the industry. Uh, we didn't have numbers. We didn't have any specifics. It wasn't until then uh, that things started kind of taking shape. We started developing a database. But more importantly, I think that uh, we've seen tremendous growth. You know, right now, FAR, International Bridge, as a whole, as it stands, we're the only full-service commercial bridge uh, servicing the region. Yes, there's other international bridges, but as far as offering the full-service scope of, of work uh, and services, um, uh, we're the only ones. And uh, so currently, we're the third largest and fastest growing in, in, in Texas on the border with Mexico, behind Laredo and El Paso. Also, you're looking at it nationwide. When it comes to trade numbers, we publish this trade numbers uh, study once a year through World City out of Miami. And uh, we're currently the seventh largest uh, in the nation. When you're taking into consideration land ports, seaports, and airports, which is roughly about 485, uh, we're the 29th, 29th in the nation. Uh, so right now, as of 2019, we're crossing about $35 billion in trade. You know, last year in 2019, we came out on top at a 6% growth compared to the previous year in imports and 5% in exports. Uh, so. Like I like to say with the bridge, 
you know, at the bridge, our job could easily start and stop one place, which is there at the toll stations, because we're a department of the city that, as the commissioner was mentioning, you know, they said policy, they oversee all the departments, public works, public utilities, library, you name it. We're just another department, but we're actually a business uh, because we're generating uh, income uh, revenues for the city. Uh, at a rate of about 15 million a year. So that's how we make our money through the toll collection process. But we go way beyond that. We uh, binationally coordinate and collaborate with our Mexico partners and stakeholders at the state and federal level, just exactly the way we do with the U.S. side at the state and federal level. Why? Because we want to ensure that at the end of the day, we keep investing uh, for the right infrastructure, for the adequate infrastructure for the growth that's coming to our region. All right, well, let's talk about that growth a little bit. Uh, what kind of growth in Mexico's businesses uh, has uh, really fed the continuing development of the bridge? One of the primary growths that we've seen in the last, I would say, three, four years, maybe going on five, is produce. So if you look at uh, Texas A&M did a study, Texas A&M AgriLife Extension put a study together more or less about four or five years ago uh, where they calculated, they forecasted that, we, that through the region, through the Rio Grande Valley region, we were gonna grow at about 40 to 50% rate in the next four to five years. So here we are going on the fourth, fifth year of that study and the numbers are, are right on. Right now, we're actually crossing almost 70% of the nation's produce through the Far International Bridge. Uh, so if you look around, uh, we've become a mecca for distribution. Uh, we were talking about it earlier during the, uh, uh, during the presentation at, at the summit, how w the city of Far invested about, I would say about five years ago, in a 100-acre tract specific to cold warehousing, cold storage facilities. Uh, then we have our friend here, Freddy Flores, uh, who uh, he is our trade liaison. So he managed to secure a lot of these lots that got sold. And finally, a lot of these crossers, a lot of these produce growers from Mexico that were crossing through our bridge already, renting facilities, decided to consolidate and do, do, the, do the big investment. And you can see that's evident right now in the warehousing that's, that's taking uh, shape. Uh, so currently, I think we have about 250,000 square feet that we've developed. Uh, we have another 250,000 that should be developed by the end of this year and early 2021. Uh, so you're looking at about $120 million in, in investments there. I think, you know, uh, at a minimum, you're looking at a minimum investment. Some of these warehouses go for four to five million, but they can, you know, skyrocket depending on the size and how many lots they take up things like that. Uh, but I think, again, you know, I think it's more importantly is, is addressing the issues that are affecting trade. You know, one of the things that I did when I got there based on my chamber experience was put together a program called Bridge Connect. So Bridge Connect, what it does, it's a, it's a value added service. It's a trade session that we do on a month to month basis. Uh, we bring in the leaders, we bring, we bring in the experts, talk about ACE, talk about CTPAT, talk about things that are affecting trade so we can share information. So right now we're averaging about 100, 120 attendees per month at these sessions. Uh, we just did one for the ELD program, an update with USDOT, uh, you know, and we don't charge a thing because again, we're doing it for customers. And a lot of these folks aren't even customers yet, but we do it free of charge uh, because eventually we want for them to become our customers. And again, I think it's just preparing for the future, you know, investing, uh, investing, augmenting the current services, streamlining the inspection processes, you know, what we want to do is reduce border wait times, you know, and uh, we're going to be doing that once we invest. All right, let me go to the commissioner for a second. Commissioner, uh, the, the bridge is a result of a public-private partnership, right? Uh, what's the distribution of responsibility for that partnership? In the case of, uh, of the city of FAR, the infrastructure itself has to be maintained by the city of FAR. So we 
continuously putting money into the infrastructure to make sure that it's, that it's in good shape, that it's efficient, that it keeps growing. Our jobs as uh, city officials, and, uh, representatives of our city, is to make sure that that bridge is uh, the most efficient in the area, if possible, and, al and also that it's supported by other governments, such as state and federal. So we collaborate uh, with all the governments uh, at all levels, but at the end, that city is the responsible party for that bridge. Could I add to that, please, if, if, if I may? Uh, so, you know, it, sh the city can leverage certain amounts of dollars for bridge infrastructure to, to, to make that bridge efficient, as the commissioner is pointing out. But is it, it is our job also to, to work with our government affairs department at the city level under the mayor's office uh, to ensure that we secure federal funds for these projects. So I'm happy to report that as of most recent a uh, couple of months, uh, end of 2019, we secured another $8 million. So right now we have a total of $21, $22 million that we've secured for the $35 million that we'll be investing inside the port. And I'll get, I'll get into that in a, in a minute. But it's important to point that out because it, this, these are federal funds, federal grants that we've qualified for. All right, and uh, either one of you can take this, but how have you worked with Homeland Security to get the uh, products to move faster and clear quicker uh, on both sides of the border? Uh, on, uh, on the... On the political side of things, uh, we as elected officials are in constant uh, coordination and uh, in communication with the uh, CBP, uh, State Department of State, and all the federal players who have an impact on our on our bridge. As far as uh, the constraints that we have to live by as a city, because we are a, a municipality, the laws and the regulations that we have to follow are federal laws. So we have to be constantly be uh, communicating with them, making sure that we are complying with what they want us to comply with and providing what they want us to provide in order for them to, to operate uh, efficiently in, in, in the port of entry. Yeah, perfect example, just right now during lunch, I, I was replying to, a, to a, an email from USDA. They wanted to know where we were on a couple of these projects that are going to affect produce trade at the, uh, at the end of the day. Um, because we've been talking about these projects for about five years, so giving you a little bit of, bit of history, background, in 2014, CBP, the federal government under DHS, uh, put together a program called the Donations Acceptance Program, otherwise known as the DAP. And there's a section within that program, it's the 559 section, uh, which allows us legally as a municipality to enter into a public-private partnership with the federal government to invest in this needed infrastructure. So the best way to put it, you know, we have a marriage now. We have an MOU. We have two signed MOUs with the federal government, City of Far, Bridge, uh, but more importantly, also GSA. GSA are the owners of the facilities. So it takes a lot of review. That's why the five years planning, planning, because even though we would like to get the project and we have the funding in place and the city can leverage the amount of money, we still have to comply with GSA regulations. I mean, down to the, to the smallest detail. And we have to be in concurrence, not just with GSA, but also with CBP and uh, other stakeholders, other federal partners, to ensure that once we do start the infrastructure, that it's precisely as we planned it. So you hear a lot uh, about uh, other, other local or other uh, neighboring bridges that are opening. Everybody's now a part of this process. Everybody's now in the donations acceptance uh, program uh, because that's the, that's the easy way to get it done. In other words, it could take the federal government up to 20 years to build the necessary infrastructure. We can do it in much less time than that. Let's, uh, let's touch on that a little bit more. Because of the bridge, uh, has the growth of supporting logistics businesses uh, in the area really grown and 
sprung up? Uh, definitely. The, the bridge itself is one of the m most important tools that lo the logistics people uh, utilize in the area to grow. So as we are growing as a, as a bridge, as we are becoming more, you know, more and more efficient and we are uh, servicing more and more logistics people, the reason we are doing that is because they are finding that this bridge as a tool is the is one of the most efficient bridges on in the in the area and that has allowed them to move to our area and, and utilize it uh you mentioned efficiency what else the differentiates far from other transportation options for customers what about costs what about access oh, i think that's the most important one i mean earlier we were talking about the texas mexico border master plan so that's something that after 10 years that it went through the legislation process, it's finally back in the, in the table, it's fi finally back on the books. And we are now as a region developing, and with Mexico now, because back then when they started this, they, didn't they did not take into account Mexico into the equation. Meaning, you know, you have to have your partners in Mexico also thinking about trade corridors, logistics. So logistically speaking, FAR makes a lot of sense uh, because it's, it's not just what's in the facilities itself. It's the inroads, the actual inroads coming in from south, from Mexico, uh, from now more importantly from the Pacific coast. That's what's kind of put us at the top level at the number one position for produce in three years now uh, above Nogales, Arizona, because you know that the Supervia Mazatlán Matamoros is the one that's now connecting two, two states in Mexico that were once before, you know, it was a very treacherous uh, drive for, for truckers, very, very dangerous. Now they can cut times by about seven to eight hours by going through these uh, through these new roadways and tunnels. I think there's a series of about 114 bridges and about 62 tunnels, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but it's 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 all the infrastructure. Plus, again, you know, the public-private partnerships are very important to us. We don't do it all ourselves. You know, we're members of your 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 transportation associations on both sides of the border. We're members of your customs brokers associations on both sides of the border. Uh, we're members of Texas International Produce Association. We partner up with as many entities as we can so we can get a, a, a put our finger on the pulse and figure out what the trends are uh, and then develop after that uh, that's how we that's that's how we learn but again I think the, the the fact that we're coordinating in Mexico to develop the infrastructure leading to the uh, Mexico customs then getting on the bridge and then finally leading to US customs you know putting it all together I mean there's different pieces of the puzzle and a lot of this infrastructure is already in place, but it's, it is our job to move those pieces, put them in place to ensure that it's not just the services that we're offering there. What sets us aside, to get back to the question, is everything that surrounds us, our partnerships, how we've augmented our services. And, and, I, and the way I like to say it too is more importantly, you know, the people, because it, you know, it, it, we could build all the physical infrastructure that we want, but if we don't have the right people in the right place doing the job and doing their job right, we can't process things fast. So right now, for example, our latest moniker, our, late, our latest slogan is, you know, we're Far International Bridge, investing big for faster trade. Uh, and that's what we're working with. Of course, what that means, you know, that I, I know I keep mentioning efficiency. It means less time on that bridge to cross, because for transport, in the transportation industry, time is money. Sure. And that's what we, we're working for them to improve that efficiency. It's not our efficiency, it's theirs. Let's fill out some of those numbers uh, a little bit more. What kind of people 
in terms of personnel does it take to run that bridge? And then what kind of traffic are you seeing across the bridge? What's the makeup? Well, the people, obviously the leadership. You know, I, I always like to say when we when we do a conference or a press conference or something, you know, I always have to give thanks to our mayor, the city leadership, because if they did not they did not allow us to do our jobs, you know, we, we would just be sitting behind the desk. And if I'm sitting behind the desk, I'm not doing my job. It takes a personality, it gets out there. You know, I like to consider myself a salesperson, even though you could call me director or whatever you want, but I'm the salesperson for the bridge and we have, a, and we have the right team. Uh, and, we're, and we're gonna continue building on that team. You know, right now we're gonna be looking for an analyst, a market and supply chain analyst that can identify different markets uh, so that we know what we're doing and have metrics to go by. Yeah, one of the things that we believe in is, is uh, as elected officials and final uh, uh, policymakers uh, for that bridge, we believe in having people from the ground all the way up to us, understanding what the bridge in, uh, entails. As far as the people who are running it, the, the support that they have from their own board because the bridge has its own board, and then our supervision to that board to make sure that those people on that board are understanding of the logistics, uh, of logistics and everything else that goes around transportation, because everybody on that board has some sort of connection to logistics, so they know what the bridge needs because it's something that they utilize themselves. So, and, and that chain of command, if we want to say it that way, from the from the bottom to the top, having that connection of understanding is what makes our bridge what it is. Okay. And what about the traffic? Okay, so the type of traffic that we have, if you're looking at the import side, our top three imports are TV monitors, you know, uh, electronics, uh, automotive components, and uh, and then uh, on the produce side, we have uh, we're the number one bridge for avocados, so we're big during uh, during the Super Bowl, <laughs> and uh, you know we're we're doing a lot of berries, uh, tomato, lime, and other citrus things of that nature. When you're looking at the export side, our biggest exports as of 2017. Our, our petroleum gases, uh, hydrocarbons, things of that nature. So we're shipping a lot of stuff. Port of Houston ships to Port of Brownsville. It, get, it gets put, put, put on a truck and it goes through our bridge to get to Mexico. And then on the export side also, you're looking at some TV monitors, components, electronics, and automotive, automotive stuff. What is that ratio, the import-export ratio? 80-20, more or less. 80 import, 20 export. All of that, uh, all of that movement translates into over $35 billion in trade a year. Do you guys anticipate any impact, positive or negative, from the uh, incoming USMCA? Uh, we believe there's going to be a positive impact uh, because of the products that go through our bridge. People have to eat. We are the number one bridge in produce importation. That's not gonna stop as long as people need to eat. So, and, and uh, the USMCA, even though it's, uh, it's, it made some changes in the way it's treating certain things within Mexico and with the, in the US, you know, uh, with the industries, it's, it's, uh, very, it has very minimal changes when it comes to the exchange of product itself. So our, our, we believe that our bridge will be doing just fine in the next few years. Yeah, we've been saying that obviously with the USMCA, with the signed pact, you know, trade pact or trade deal, obviously it'll make a job a lot easier because you get it, there's more credibility there. People are more focused, they're, they have more confidence in making the investments. I think that's just a given. Um, but, uh, but again, I think, you know, the way we like to do things, we, we like to, you know, teach people what, what, what we're doing, you know, get the big picture. Uh, because there's a lot of different factors that could affect USMCA. Right now we're seeing it with this coronavirus. You know, who, who would have thought that a, a, a disease or a virus could affect trade? 
You know, uh, we're not shipping certain components from China or, or Japan. They're not getting there. So manufacturing, labor shortages, truck shortages, you know, it, it just it just trickles down. Like the commissioner was pointing out, our, the experts in the field, for example, our board members, they all either own their own private business that are either in logistics, customs brokerage, they're either importers, exporters, or both, uh, and they're seeing it. They're seeing, the, they're, they're seeing the hit. But at the end of the day, you know, these are the same folks that are making the big investments. And, and as I was mentioning earlier during the summit, you know, some of, a, some of these major customers that we've had for many years are now actually also building uh, industrial parks. You know, they're not just sticking, they're consolidating their services, putting it all together. And on top of that, they're leasing warehouse space for distribution uh, for manufactured components. Uh, most recently, we have also some light manufacturing that's gonna start taking place in South Far. Uh, big vacuum vacuum cleaner company, and there's more where that came from. So I think USMCA is also kind of putting that uh, on our on our side of the field now, saying, hey, we're going to have manufacturing also in the U.S. So that's going to be a, a huge help, and 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 and, uh, and also saving jobs. You know, NAFTA came and created in the last 25 years about six million jobs just in the United States alone. You know, I think there's about a million plus jobs just in the U.S. Mexico border and in Texas. So obviously it'll it'll allow us to save those jobs and then create even more. Yes, uh, and uh, you know also on the you you know why um, the, the new trade agreement uh, it has created a certain change in the in the in the way that our, our our industrial area is developing because now we have a lot more interest from light manufacturing because we understand that the the U.S. MCA is going to require a little bit of industry to come back to the u.s side and and uh, that's also it's already having an effect on our in our area okay then uh put on your uh your wizard hats and tell me a little bit about what's going to happen too far in the uh, short-term future and then a little bit more long-term the city of far is is growing you know at a very fast rate uh within the next 10 years i'm uh, i would say it's going to be about 30 percent greater in population and also our industrial park area, our industrial area, which is the south of FAR, we believe is going to be also growing tremendously, which which will grow our tax rate, our, our tax base, and and our employee base so, or empl employment base. So we have we as as, as policymakers, we see a bright future for the city of FAR, at least in the short term, the next 10 years. Uh, moving forward after that, uh, there's a bridge that is going to be expanded. Our bridge is expected to double in size, so you know, thinking about that, we're gonna see potentially double the amount of trade that we are seeing right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been in far like I said since 2008, and from an outsider looking in, living in a neighboring city, that has allowed me to see the change uh, of, especially right now during this leadership that we have. Uh, that's when we've seen the most growth. Uh, so funny story is back in the day, I remember people saying, I would, I would love to go to FAR and buy myself a shirt. There was no retail in FAR. We had an old, I think it was called El Central Mall, but it was very dilapidated. It just it wasn't offering the services that another neighboring city next to us was offering at this giant mall. Now I'm happy to say that due to the leadership, the fact that we've secured a lot, some of these funds and have developed the area and have invited investors to look at FAR in a different, it's not, it's not a pass-me-by town, it's, it's a growing town. And uh, you're looking at about 82, 84,000 in population, so it's not very large, but it, it, it is up there. 
Um, but we're seeing not just retail, we're seeing the entertainment industry. We have our first, uh, what is it, Top Golf, Top Golf, uh, you know, uh, in, in the area. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of that, but more importantly, trade. I think trade's going to prevail. Uh, it's going to come out on top, uh, especially with the investment that we're going to be doing of that infrastructure that I mentioned and, and the continued collaboration with Mexico to ensure that they're also putting uh, their money where their mouth is and also making the investments in infrastructure to allow us to, to continue attracting that trade. Because that trade, as we know, will eventually lead to tourism, it'll lead to other, to other avenues uh, that all equals economic development at the end of the day. Um, so we have a bright future. We just had our state of the city, and I know that was the, the mayor's message. The future looks bright for far. Uh, the second span is a huge deal. Uh, we've been working, working in Washington. We've been working in Mexico City to ensure that both sides are on the same page. We have 70 feet of right-of-way to build the second span, so that'll give us an additional four lanes. This is something that should have started five years in, 25 years ago, but here we are now, years later, but we're finally uh, going to make it work. Excellent. Uh, one last note on the personality of the uh, Far Bridge. Tell me about the uh, Milagros Migrando. So apparently, uh, apparently on the bridge, there's, there's, a, uh, there's a butterfly sculpture. Can you tell me about that? The monarch. That's the pathway for the, the butterfly, the monarch bu butterfly. So a nickname for the, for the far bridge on the U.S. side was uh, El Puente Mariposa or the Butterfly Bridge. Yeah. Uh, I never heard the, what, the way you named it, but yes, when you're coming in from Mexico. It's beautiful. Yeah. So when you're coming in from Mexico and you cross and you're finally getting there on the CBP side, uh, there's a bunch of butterflies. They look like eyes that are looking down at you uh, on the facilities there. But that's what I've, my, the history that I know behind it, that's the, that is the pathway of the monarch butterfly. Yeah, and that's exactly right. The area, our area, is uh, is the exact path for the migration of the monarch butterfly they, when they go into their their uh, winter habitat in somewhere in Mexico, uh, Michoacan, and they and, and it goes through our area. So for several weeks, you see butterflies every day, just flying south. Excellent, gentlemen. Thank you so much for sharing some time with us, and uh, good luck to the uh, Far International Bridge. Thank you. Appreciate. It. Thank you. Have fun. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash getil. That's bit.ly slash get underscore il and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.